Uh, what was the? Do you know the address of that whiteboard software? That way, I can just have it in the notes. Uh, the whiteboard software. No, I have timedoctor.com. Oh, okay. You literally have a whiteboard. I have an eight <laughs> eight feet eight okay. feet big whiteboard. Uh, okay. See, yeah. in the, in the world of digital tech, I was like, yeah, there's a whiteboard app. That sounds amazing. <laughs> no, no, no. You have to write it down. And- Welcome to the Matt Report, the number one WordPress business podcast. This isn't geek speak. It's about the journey of success and failure as a WordPress entrepreneur. Get ready. You're just an episode away from your next aha experience or big idea. And now your host, Matt. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 51 of the Matt Report. Today I have Syed Balki on the show, and what an awesome, awesome WordPress entrepreneur. Uh, More like a hustler, right, I guess you could say. Um, Does tons of stuff, many properties, not just WP Beginner. We're going to learn about that, how he kind of builds these different properties and ties them all together, monetizes them, runs his business, things like that. Um, So definitely a great show. Uh, do listen through the whole thing. Tons of great advice. So what's going on at the Matt Report? Um, as if you follow me on Twitter at Matt Report or my personal account at Matt Medeiros, uh, you're gonna find that I've been posting something about getting startup early stage WordPress startup folks to go ahead and apply uh, to my contact form. Really, it's not really an application. Just tell me a little bit more about your business. Um, what are you doing? What's your early stage startup? Uh, what's your big idea in the WordPress world? Um, if you've been already running your business for a year, year and a half, you probably don't uh, fit the mold that I'm looking for. But somebody who's just starting out, somebody who needs a little bit of advice, um, somebody who has maybe a minimal viable product uh, or version one of their WordPress product, whatever that might be. Um, something unique, though, something different, a little bit of a twist. Um, if you're making themes, um, you know, like the rest of us, you know, is your th- how, how unique is your theme? Um, what kind of new plugin uh, have you invented? Um, this is for a special uh, episode that I'll have coming up, and I'll release more details to the applicants. I'm sort of everything's kind of under wraps as I figure it all out. So as always, I thank everybody for the five star reviews on iTunes. If you have a moment, go ahead and drop over to the Matt Report on iTunes. Leave me a five star review. I really appreciate it. I'm getting a lot of great feedback, so that's always an awesome feeling. Uh, MattReport.com/slash/subscribe. Join the mailing list. Onto the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another amazing Matt Report interview. So excited. So, so excited to finally get Syed on the, on the phone with us to take out of his busy schedule of his entrepreneurial empire uh, <laughs> in WordPress. Uh, Syed, welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt. Good to be here. Um, You've been on Week in WordPress. We've had you uh, in a few different uh, scenes uh, in the WordPress media space. But for folks who might not know you, uh, give them the two-minute elevator pitch, who you are, what you do. I'm Syed Balki. I run one of the largest free WordPress resource sites called WP Beginner. And that in the WordPress space is my biggest thing. And, you know, it's a free resource site with tons of WordPress tutorials in the consulting side of things, I consult with larger corporations with their WordPress development and more of like conversion marketing, getting more traffic to them. I also have a bunch of WordPress blogs, one of them being really, really popular called List25, have 370,000 plus subscribers to it. And then I have another site 
called uh, SteadyStrength.com, and I have a new app coming that's built on WordPress, a software as a service solution called Optin Monster. So that's my claim to fame. That's awesome. Um, so you do a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm excited to have you on to talk about this entrepreneurial passion. Um, I think that uh, I don't want to use the word lacking, but I don't see enough of sort of that like entrepreneurial, like beat in the streets, hustling in our community as much as I see it uh, from, from you. And I'm trying to draw more of that uh, attention to the WordPress space. Uh, but what was your first venture into WordPress that you said, you know what, I want to make this my business, or is this just a component of a bigger vision? So the first time I used WordPress was in 2006. I was very involved in the SEO industry at the time, and I had various different sites. I had arcade sites, proxies, and a bunch of web directories, and I was like, okay, you know, blogging was the thing to be at, in at that time, especially for the SEO folks. So I was like, okay, what's the best platform that allows me to generate dynamic content in that way? And I you know, stumbled upon the WordPress, and I really liked how easy it was to use, how easy it was to develop on in terms of themes, etc. So in 08, I decided to switch all of my clients that were on static HTML sites over to WordPress and started getting so many questions from them. Hey, uh, you know, how do you do this in WordPress? How do you do that in WordPress? And the whole reason why I switched them to WordPress was to avoid answering so many questions or doing such these menial tasks. I looked around. There was nothing for beginners at the time. All the sites about WordPress were by developers, for developers, or often it was you know, just personal blogs by developers writing a little bit about WordPress gave me a perfect segue into what's now WP Beginner. So let's spend a little time on that, on WP Beginner. So it is WP Beginner, right? I mean, it's for the beginner. It's for the, um, you know, the person who might not know how to, I wouldn't even go as far as say making a custom post type, but you might have tutorials on there like, what's a blog post? What's a page? Um, but it's you have a pretty good sized team behind this, and you're working with some larger clients. Uh, can you give us some insight to the, to the company behind WP Beginner? So WP Beginner is one of the projects that I have going on, and yes, it does drive a lot of um, you know new leads to us. So first, it's beginners on all levels, not just like true beginners. We have a category just for that. You know how to schedule a post, what is the post, what is the category. But we also have tutorials on how to do intermediate level stuff for the do-it-yourself users on, for example, how to add like an opt-in form on their website or how to add like bars and charts or tables, and et cetera. So, and then we also have code intensive stuff as well, like how to add a custom post type or taxonomy than the whole nine yard. But what happens is when people talk about it, people share our content, larger clients tend to see it, and then they come and ask us, hey, how can we do that? And through this, I've worked with Tons of companies recently, um, Warner Brothers, but I've worked with Merrill Lynch, I've worked with Milo, Webs Inc., I've worked with Flowtown, I've worked with Thomas Nelson Publishers, and you know the list can go on. Let's talk about the science of kind of uh, this lead generation machine that you have. Is it because, like you said, it's not beginners like, hey, I'm just getting started with WordPress, what, what is a page and a post? But it might be a beginner person diving into the to the, the depths of doing some custom post type stuff or some custom coding stuff in general. So are you... Are you getting leads from like uh, Warner Brothers who might be, hey, a, a developer on their staff that says, hey, I found this site. I kind of put something together for, my, for the company that I work for. But you know what? I need to go deeper. And now these folks are reaching out to you and saying, hey, can we hire you to build something a little bit uh, uh, more custom? Not exactly. They're developers, but often, you know, they're a marketing team. 
Gotcha. So my passion, my passion is marketing. So I do connect with a lot of different people. Gotcha. But you know, I, somebody's like, "Hey, I want to do this on our marketing front. How can we get this done?" And I'm like, "Okay, this is how you do it in WordPress." And they're like, "Oh, cool." And one of one of the ways how I got Thomas Nelson Publishers was Michael Hyatt reached out to me to you know do a few tweaks on his blog, and then ended up working on with them on a project with Thomas Nelson. Mm, very cool. Um, on that on that note about marketing, I, I noticed another thing about you that. Uh, it, you, and I could be totally wrong, so correct me if I'm if I'm wrong. Um, but it seems like you might spend some time outside of the WordPress community and going into places like a blog world or a marketing um, uh, convention where you know you might not go to work, you might not spend your time at WordCamps because yeah, your crowd, your your crowd, your audience might not be there. But you're making a bigger connection and a better connection at some of these outside resources. If that's true, how important is that to your business? So, you know, going to WordCamp is definitely a great experience. I get to meet tons of cool developers, but I also like to, you know, branch out a little bit and try to meet new people. Often what you have what you see especially at a lot of these WordCamps if they're like larger ones, then, you know, it's the same crowd going there. But if you if you're going to much smaller WordCamps like WordCamp Columbus being one of the really good example is that you know, you get to meet more of the local folks. Even at Birmingham, great WordCamp. But when you when you try to get towards a larger size crowd, you see a lot of the same people. Versus going to you know a blog world expo or an affiliate summit, you're totally going into a different kind of industry. There, you know, these are not folks that are there just for WordPress. You know, at WordCamps, a good chunk of the people are WordPress developers. They're not my you know target audience in most cases. Versus if I go to a blog world, that's where you know a lot of bloggers are. If I go to affiliate summit, that's where a lot of internet marketers are. If I go to you know FinCon, that's where a lot of financial bloggers are, etc. So a lot of these conferences that I go to, I try to, you know, branch out a little bit to diversify my audience. Mm. I spend a lot of time uh, in the marketing space as well and following folks like like the Pat Flynn, maybe the Andrew Warner, uh, the Chris Brogan, stuff like that. And when I started the Matt Report, part of it, there's a lot of, the, the Matt Report pie is, is pretty large and there's a lot of slices in there that I, I, for reasons why I started it. But one of the reasons was following folks like that that talked about WordPress as if it were almost throwaway. Like, yeah, you're going to start your business, you throw up a WordPress site, download a free theme, install some free plugins, and then that was like 2% of your effort, and now you're off uh, 98% building a business. I said to myself, ah, you know, there's, there's a lot of good things in WordPress that should be done right in there and for scale. And what happens when you get a thousand customers or page views to a hundred thousand and above you you're not going to certainly not going to be doing that on a four dollar a month GoDaddy account um do you think these marketers kind of just look at wordpress as or are they not looking at it uh, like it should be on scale is it something that's kind of throwaway to these guys i mean my advice is you worry about scaling when you have to scale okay instead of like buying you know a facebook size servers just because thinking that a potential traffic would be that i you know i don't see a point in doing that. As a businessman, you only deal with the problems that you have at that point. And yes, you do think about a little bit to the future, but don't try spending too much time. So if you're if you have a low budget, there's no way you're going to spend time on getting a custom design or custom plugin. You have to make do with what you have. And the beauty of WordPress, it is so easy to use. It is so easy to set it up. So you know that's why a lot of these marketers go that route. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Um, what do you think the best? Uh, who do you think the some of the best marketers are out there right now that kind of use WordPress as their their tool to drive leads and, and run their business? 
I mean, look at copy blogger media, copy blogger Brian Clark is a great marketer and they're pretty much have built a business around sort of like WordPress. They use that to lead gen. Chris Bergen is doing a great job on his site. Uh, Derek Halpern is doing a pretty good job of, you know, just leveraging WordPress and his personality mm. to um, do a good job. Michael Hyatt has built a whole brand just around his name mm. using WordPress. So. Uh, the other thing, uh, the other slice of the pie for the Matt Report is when I was going to these WordCamps, I was noticing a lot of talented developers and designers who were kind of uh, introverts. They just, you know, they didn't really talk to anybody. They didn't want to get out of their seats or they saw people like maybe Andrew Nason uh, and they were just afraid to talk to him like, oh, he's the developer god. Like, you know, everybody should, uh, you know, should be uh, throwing roses in front of his path. Uh you go to marketing events. Any advice to these developers and designers out there to kind of get out of their seats and and really brand themselves and take charge? Yeah, it's not rocket science. You know, they're just humans. <laughs> yep. you know, you're just dealing with humans. They're people. They're more likely to talk to you as long as you're not trying to take something from them. Mm. You know, so just go and be a normal person and have a conversation. Do you have any store any uh, concrete examples of making a, a connection in the marketing world that really that paid off? I know you you, you mentioned uh, the Thomas Hyatts and stuff like that, or Michael Hyatt, sorry, um, and the publishing firm. Any other uh, stories of making connections? Yeah, one of the cool ones was when I picked up the phone and called Robert Scoble, thinking I was just going to you know hit his voicemail, and he actually picked up. That was a pretty cool experience. <laughs> it's like, uh, hi, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, but, what were you calling him about? Um, something related to his WordPress security because his site had just gotten hacked. So I, w- I wanted to give him a few pointers on how he could improve it. And I sent him an email and he didn't respond back. So I decided I'm going to just give him a call mm. because his phone number was listed there. You know, you don't put your phone number if you don't want people calling you. Right. Uh, it's, um, that's the other thing you brought up. And this, uh, this whole security thing and back to marketers. I remember when Pat Flynn's website got hacked um, and it was down for, for I think, almost a month, right? I think, or at least three weeks. Um, you know, and, and to me, I was like, yeah, see, you should have taken it a little bit more serious. You should have, you know, done things the right way. Um, you know, I think at scale, once you get there, you should be kind of looking at security. Um, are folks looking at you saying, uh, you know, when we get to scale, can you build us something better? Uh, and if so, is that any kind of business opportunity for you? Um, most definitely. People are always looking to, you know, build their sites Build it better, you know. Get it, get make it more scalable. Sometimes they have plugins running on their site that are just inefficient. People come and say, "Hey, you know, I have a site that's just getting hammered. Why? Because they don't have a CDN." Mm. You know, th- so things like that, or they, or they might be on a smaller web hosting company. We're actually thinking of switching List Twenty Five over to a managed hosting provider, WP Engine, mm. just because you know it's getting huge for us. Uh, you know, at this point, even though we're pretty technical folks, it just, just you know doesn't make sense for us to do it. So yes, at one point or another, you do move forward. But you know, these are the things that you live and learn. If if you're somebody that you know is just starting out, it kind of makes sense for you to just go and buy the you know cheap hosting plan from a you know well well reputed company and go from that. Mm. You might be thinking, well, you know, why don't you just pay nineteen or twenty nine dollars a month for a managed hosting provider? They're like, well, technically, I can pay three ninety five for it right now <laughs> for, for my needs. You know, yeah. it just, it's it's the cost and cost and benefit weighing scale that people don't often realize. Mm. Um, the other thing that, that this internet web marketing kind of phenomenon has 
has produced are folks that are going out there who are not developers, who are not designers, um, heck, aren't even true marketers in the sense of having like marketing experience. Um, but then they're going out and they're saying, I can build you a complete, you know, custom WordPress website, blah, 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 200 bucks. Uh, and then they go into, and then that same client might get a quote from, I don't know, let's say like a 10 up and they're 30,000 bucks. And now people are saying, well, why am I going to pay 30,000 bucks? I get this guy for 200 bucks, but that guy isn't really a WordPress designer developer. He's kind of hearing us talk about how quick and easy it is. Um, any advice to people who are stepping in to that? Uh, seat today and what they should do to be true to what they can actually offer and true to the client. So when you're first starting out, you always have, you know, pricing issues. Heck, when I first started building website back in like, oh, three or four, I was charging like $300 for a static website. And now with WordPress, with so many commercial themes available out there, this this can become a, you know, a good part-time income for a lot of these people. I had um, one lady who joined WP Beginner, didn't know what WordPress was, and after a while, she had her own little consulting website where she was, you know, helping the local nonprofits or small mom-pop businesses. All she was doing was, you know, getting a theme force theme or one of the other commercial themes and just, you know, changing the logo there a little bit, setting it up, putting some content there, creating a Twitter and Facebook page, and boom, that's the website. But you think about it, a small business, that's what they're looking for, right? If that's what they need, then it makes sense for them. Versus mm. a larger client that comes your way, you know, then yes, it, it makes sense for them to go to us. But it's a learning process and you can't say, well, I don't know enough, but I want to charge $30,000. Mm. Tremendous. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I guess if your system is down uh, or uh, if you have your system down to uh, to a uh, good system, um, the... Uh, I guess the market could be there for that $500 or $300 client. Um, just before your interview, I interviewed Bill Erickson, and his system is insane, <laughs> and it's uh, to a T, and it's and it's perfect for you know for every scenario that he has come in, um, you know. And I think that as long as folks have that process set up, they can work in that marketplace and um, still be profitable. Exactly. Um, how else are you uh, creating revenue with WP Ginner? Um, the whole thing in WordPress news is everyone says, eh, I don't want ads, I don't want referral links, or affiliate links, sorry. Um, to me, I, I'm, I'm just like you. Hey, if, if it's making money, I'm going to use it. Um, your thoughts on, on that space? Well, my thoughts is if it's making money, I'm not going to use it. But like, if I like it, then I'll use it. And if I can make money by telling other people about something that I like, then most definitely I want, I want to take up on that opportunity, right? That's an opportunity for you. I, li I like Gravity Forms. I actually love Gravity Forms. If I can tell other people that I love Gravity Forms and Gravity Forms have an affiliate program that I can use my referral link, sure, I would love to get paid. I love what Dre and Tony are doing at uh, Security. So if I can you know, refer people to th their way, more power to it. You know, I'm, I'm helping a friend and I'm, I'm making a quick buck there, mm -hmm. right? So I have no problem with affiliate links in that way. I don't like people who, you know, spam in the affiliate industry and there's tons of that. So I do understand why affiliate marketing and the whole, you know, industry has a, a bad reputation amongst, you know, the purists or the developers. So, yeah. Um, if you had to relaunch WP Beginner, excuse me, if you had to relaunch WP Beginner from the ground up again, uh, would you do anything a little bit different? What would it be? Um, I think everything that I did did teach me a, a lot of lessons. 
what I would do differently is I wouldn't do that 2011 redesign that I did that mm-hmm. totally like changed WP Beginner entirely, you know, getting rid of the color scheme and made it really unconventional. I wouldn't, def- I wouldn't do that. I would also, I wish there was custom post types back then, right? But there weren't. So I had, I had to make use of what I had. But if I had custom post types, the site would be a little bit more organized in the way I wanted. Um, how did the impact of Google's SEO uh, impact your business or the changes that they've recently made? It doesn't impact us at all. Our, our site has been on a steady growth since um, the day it started. We haven't seen any, any downfalls or anything just because you know, we're creating quality content and other people are linking to us and they're linking to us because they want to, not because you know, we're trying to manipulate the game or anything. Very cool. Any thoughts of uh, you know, some digital product uh, coming out of WP Beginner? Like uh, I know you, you started this, the share bar, social share bar, anything uh, um, coming uh, in that regard? The floating social bar was essentially just a plugin that I've been using on the site for over a year, and then I reached out to my buddy Thomas Griffin, and he was like, "Yeah, let's let's you know make it a plugin." Because I had I already had the plugin ready, but you know, since I'm I'm like a more of a dev guy, I didn't need a front end for it. So Thomas wrapped it around, put a really good looking front end to it for users for the settings and stuff, and then we pushed it out live. But you know, that's just one of the products. I don't really believe in info products all that much because I think as much as I can give out for free t- for other people to you know learn from, I'll do that. But you know, there is a potential we might come into the info product space. But right now, my focus is building the application Optin Monster, which we're looking to hopefully launch next month. Beautiful segue, and folks, this is not scripted. Uh, <laughs> what were your thoughts on? Uh, developing this application. Tell us a little bit more about it and specifically why you think WordPress uh, is a good foundation for a, for a SaaS app. So w- one of the reasons why we're building OptiMonster is because I've been using this kind of technology for lead generation and converting you know, website visitors into customers by you know, converting them into an email list, putting them down through a funnel, and then you know, getting, getting more sales. The reason why WordPress is a good backing is because it saves us from rewriting the whole database structure and everything that you know has done has been you know perfected over the long period of time so it just makes sense for us to go that way so our back end for the opt-in monster is entirely wordpress the database system and the front end is javascript and Thomas did an amazing job with that nice um a lot of folks might say and I'm thinking of one specific uh, leader of an agency, and the name might pop into your head as I say it, but they say, you know, WordPress is not an application framework, shouldn't be considered an application framework. Um, but then you have uh, Matt Mulloway at the State of the Word uh, this past San Francisco WordCamp, and, you know, stating that, look, this is, this is where things are going now. We're getting some raw data that says 7% of people, 7% of people are using it as an app uh, you know, framework. Um, he's always said that it's always been like the operating system of the web, powering almost 19 or 20 percent of the web at this point. Um, do you see this going in in the, that direction? And do you see like a fork of WordPress coming? Or do you think it'll continue to stay uh, on the track? I mean, I think it's going in a good direction. There's a few things that you know that needs to be changed, and you know, it's it's, it's eventually getting there. In terms of fork, I don't know if somebody wants to fork it. Go ahead. It's like you know. It's probably better to start over like Ghost did and focus solely on blogging if that's what you want to do. But I definitely think that WordPress is powerful enough to you know, support apps. As a matter of fact, like Hello Bar was built on top of WordPress 
and it, it was a really cool thing and it's pretty popular. A lot of people know about Hello Bars. As a matter of fact, they think of those floating bars on the top of the sites as Hello Bars, even though if it's not a Hello Bar. Mm. So they definitely made an impact and it was powered on WordPress and the team at Digital Telepathy did a great job with that. Mm. Do you, uh, you share any of your vision with OptinMonster? Like where you, where you think it's going to go? How many sites might be powered by this? Uh, any grand vision where you'd like to see this uh, in the long run? Um, you know, I would like every site to use it, every business, every small business to use it and, you know, build their email list and grow their subscriber base that way. But I definitely think we have a good foundation and only time will tell where it goes. Awesome. Um, what else is uh, going on in your world? You have many other uh, properties. Uh, yes. You, you have the, uh, the list site, um, the fitness site. How does one keep all this organized? Uh, you have a great team around you. I have like 13 amazing people that are working with me on all of my projects. List 25 is amazing. The growth there is phenomenal. We're growing about 55 to 60,000 new subscribers every month to that website. It is insane and it's it's just a it's just a really really cool experience to see how many people like our website. Hmm. Steady Strength is more of a new project that was just launched I believe in July, early July. So, you know, we we'll see where it goes in a year and a half. I, a lot of my sites take about a year and a half for me to see what, where it's going. But it's definitely, right now, it's on an upscale. So, yes, we're doing good. So, uh, as a entrepreneur, as a founder, as a CEO, do you look at these properties and give them a, a year to year and a half runway with a specific goal in mind? Or is it kind of like some experimental stuff and you see, let's just see what works and kind of do that minimal viable product approach? Well, with List 25, again, the site was started as a simple blog with, you know, little investment. We're like, okay, let's just see where it goes. And it just blew up, which, you know, obviously we had goals. We wanted to get that many eyes and we got that, right? So when it blows up, that's essentially the goal of every product, right? You want, you want people to see your site. You want people to go. But the features that you add are, you know, at, are incremental. You add when, as things go forward. You don't just keep perfecting a product and never launch it. Hmm. So, Do you... Uh you know, when you compare this to sort of, um, is it safe to say that your your main revenue comes from WP Beginner? Um, well, consulting business, yes. Okay. Um, and when you look at these other properties, are you looking at them to say, okay, you know, I'm going to monetize this through through ads, or are you already starting to plan for? Of course, you have the app coming, but um, in general, looking at the other properties, do you say, look, I'm I'm going to go out and do direct sales for ad space, or I'm just going to throw some Google? Uh, AdSense up there? How, how do you sort of approach monetization of these types of properties? So List 25 is our largest property. A lot of people don't think that. They think, you know, just because in the WordPress industry, WP Beginner is big, that's, that's not our biggest property. List 25 is. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of advertisement, we have all sort of, like we're using Google Ads, we're, we have private deals that work. I don't particularly have an ad sales team that are sitting in LA or California. They're, I don't have that yet, but that's definitely something I don't I don't want see that we have i think we will probably have it in the future but not now mm. um in terms of like other types of advertisement we have done quite a few different types we have done like uh what you would call sponsored stories so you know it's a different type of ad so think think of it like a promoted post but there's no like post content being written there it's just a custom formatted ad mm. uh we have done those uh so th those those are pretty lucrative. So in the new design, we're actually working on a redesign of List 25 because now we're at a point that you know the, the simple blog design just doesn't cut it for a site that's publishing out so much content. Mm. So we're redesigning it and we're adding more features. We're 
you know, making the layout editor much better so you can actually just, you know, write, drag, drop to control the whole, uh, st- the order of the list and everything. So, What is your day like is, as, as the founder? Are you still getting into the code or are you looking at all your properties, all your, all your little babies and saying, you know, I'm out, you know, knocking on doors, trying to make contacts, trying to make uh, affiliates and, and just growing sales? Um, I do very little code nowadays. I barely touch it in most cases. Uh, the team, the team is there for that. I think the best, like I, what I've learned is I need to do what I'm really, really good at and let other people do what they're good at or how I should I, you know, leverage my time better. And I don't think, you know, my time should be spent on doing a lot more code. Mm. So I'm, I'm the marketer guy. Yeah. How did you learn that lesson? It's it's a lesson that's not very easy <laughs> to learn. Um, a, you know, when you should say, you know, hey, I got to be hands off on this developer stuff and focus on growing the business. Do, do you have a certain point in your in your entrepreneurial life where you said, I just got to focus on growth? Well, when you when you find yourself working crazy hours, like insane hours, like getting three hours of sleep every day, that kind of makes you think, okay, do I really want to get three hours of sleep all day? <laughs> no. Um, that's, that's, that is great. I mean, it, it is one of the things that it's the entrepreneurial bug, right? We see a shiny object and we're kind of like, Oh, I'm going to, I can do that. Like I, I can go after that. I can build that. Um, yeah. I say, I have a saying that's, you know, on my board it says good ideas are distraction. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great, uh, that's a great quote. Um, and we're kind of seeing that with, uh, the recent um, shutdown of 8-Bit and, and kind of John Saddington finally opening up a little bit more in his personal blog post the other day about, you know, sort of that uh, venture regret of, you know, experimenting, um, you know, and, and, and how that can be detrimental to a business. How do, how do you manage that? Uh, so when you get a new crazy idea, you don't just go chasing after it right away. No. So in most cases, my new, I, I was a domainer in O2 and I really like buying and selling domains. So my thing is I don't register a domain right away. I sleep on it and then register it the next day if it is still available. And mm-hmm. then I don't pursue an idea until I run it by the company. And we have weekly meetings that, you know, where we all talk about what, what's going on, what needs to be done. As a matter of fact, we're having a company retreat in next, coming up next month, in less than a month, you know, where um, we're all going to get together in, in person, talk about what we want to do. So I try not to make a lot of you know the new product decisions by myself i try to get everybody's opinion and then see where where he goes so let's talk about that team building and, and sort of that experience as a founder um and as maybe a developer who matured into a founder and just never really thought of him or herself as a leader um when did you justify your first hire um and how did it uh, scale from there dang I had my first hire when I was, what, nine years old? I hired my brother on a business where we were selling postcards. So I've, you know, I've always known when to ask for help because mm-hmm. that was a lesson I learned a while ago. If you read you know, one of my blog posts where I talk about how to learn from experience, and I, need, I learned how to ask for help and when to ask for help. It's always something that you know, people dif- find difficulties with. And you know, I've, throughout my business in affiliate marketing and in intermarketing and in SEO and then this whole web development stuff, I've always, you know, had help. I've hired people out in 05, 06, 07, and then now we're like consistently growing. So just hired a 13th person um, full time. So that's pretty cool. Awesome. Do do you find any difficulties in in, in managing when you get to that scale? Um, Any lessons learned from that that you could share? 
Um, try to keep things organized. And that's, that, that'll be one of my things. And if you want to be really productive, you have to first find the holes within you and then try to find it in other people. Hmm. Do you have, uh, you know, are, are you coming to a point where you, you can say, yeah, it might be time to kind of hire a, a, a manager or maybe like a human resources, for lack of a better word? Are we at that level yet or are you just developing coders and, 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 and uh, or excuse me, are you just hiring developers and designers? Well, so the way how the company is structured is there's a pretty, like, you know, when I started hiring, I built my core team first. And then we have folks that are under this core team. Mm. So I don't necessarily am interacting with everybody day to day. And that, that is, you know, something that I've learned from larger companies on how they do things. They have a department, they have this and that. So I've tried to, you know, say, okay, you know, you have been with me for a longer time and I want, I trust you a lot more. So I think you can, you have enough experience that you can manage this person. And then I will, this is your team. Go run with it. That's tremendous. How do you give, and this is something that a lot of folks face, I think, once they realize, um, especially if they're not a developer designer, right, but they're out there and they're consulting using WordPress as their tool, and then they say, you know, it's time to hire, I need a full-time developer, at least a part-time developer to get this stuff done for me while I go out and I grow the business. How does one with, with maybe lower income at that time get somebody to buy in to their company um, and th- do you give them some kind of like ownership or, or just the thought or the feeling of ownership and building something great to kind of entice folks to join you at an early stage? Well, they have to believe in the same project that you believe in. They have to see the same dream that you're seeing. And obviously, you know, giving ownership does mean something. But, you know, if they, if they don't see the same picture you're seeing, you know, they, they're probably not going to take ownership because right now your company is not worth hundreds of millions of dollars or <laughs> even millions of dollars. So right, t- right. taking ownership into, you know, nothing doesn't really make a lot of sense. So when they see the dream, they, when they see the picture, then they buy in. And that's one of the things, you know, when somebody is, the, you know, by giving my team members the control authority, they feel empowered. They're like, okay, you know what? Like, I, I'm part of this company. So we're more like a family in, in a sense. So anybody can reach out to anybody. You know, there's no sort of hierarchy. Anybody can, you know, speak up as they need to. So they feel a lot of empowerment in what they do. They're proud of their work. And that's why I always give credit where credit is due. So while I'm the face of the company, I'm definitely not the company. Right. It's tremendous. Um, let's shift over to WordPress for a little bit and the WordPress uh, community at large um there's events going on like like pressnomics there's now all this uh, of course talk about forking the word camps and 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 coming up with one one's own uh venture in that space uh you know where do you see this going as far as the industry is concerned pressnomics just going to kind of take over the whole marketing business side of wordpress or is there uh, room for others i mean pressnomics is a really cool event unfortunately i haven't been to it I didn't. I wasn't able to go last year because I had just gone to WordPress Community Summit and I had I had to go back and work on some other projects. And this year, unfortunately, I have another uh, speaking engagement, so I haven't been to Pressnomics, but I've only heard great things in terms of WordCamps being forked away. I don't know what's going to happen there. You know, I wish everybody the best of luck, and you know, if, when you're forking away, and just just go see where you know things go. We have done WordCamp Miami, and you know, it's been good. But if you feel that you know switching away is better then you know that's your thing yeah absolutely um it almost seems like you just stay focused at what you do a lot of folks might be like 
you know, want to get their voice or opinion about, about this stuff. They, they really want to say, no, 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 we should not fork WordCamps, or yes, we should. There's, you know, this clear divide happening, and, and, we, and we really need have time for change. Um, well, the, th- the thing is, you have to learn the master of on- mastering the art of online arguments. Can you, <laughs> by whatever you say, can you make, can you change the other person's view? In most cases, by by the time you get to a decision that you're like, okay, no, I'm going to go my way, then there's not much to change there. Hmm. Tremendous, tremendous stuff uh, to talk, to think about. Um, what's your biggest challenge right now, uh, whether it be for WP Beginner, for you as a, as a person, for your uh, lifelong goals? What's your biggest challenge facing you? Uh, still learning how to manage my time better. Hmm. That is one mm-hmm. that we all struggle with. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't think you can ever perfect that. You know. Yeah. It's, it's like I've I've been doing a lot of life hacking, a lot of growth hacking, and just like you know, it's changing my habits, changing the way I work, changing the way you know my lifestyle is, and still something that you know, I would say that I, I think I need more work on. Uh, what are you doing for that right now? I mean, is it just more like a systematic thing? Like you've got your you know getting things done guide in front of you all the time and you're putting stuff in your inbox like what what are you doing to leverage that or to fix that well so in terms of tools wise i'm using tools like time doctor i'm using tools like evernote i'm using tools like p2 i have a big whiteboard just to keep me in track like time doctor shows me where i'm wasting a lot of time like you know what am i spending the most time on can that can that be improved and um, Evernote allows me to sync my notes. Whiteboard is really, really cool because I can, you know, check things off. Every day when I wake up, I just go start, you know, writing down the ideas and then I put them in order of um, priority. So I get those done first as my day goes on. Another thing I've been doing is that's been really, really helpful is waking up early. Mm. I wake up at um, 4 a.m. every day now um, just because by the time it's 9 o'clock, I'm pretty much done with most of the things that I needed to get done. And then from that point onwards, I'm just like, you know, trying to get ahead. And what time? Do you, what time do you go to bed? Six p.m. Uh, no, ten to ten thirty. Nice. Yep. Yeah, I found that uh, that's very true for me. Um, and kind of waking up early and uh, getting away from those distractions that start to come at nine a.m., ten a.m., all that fun stuff. Exactly. Uh, what was the? Do you know the address of that whiteboard software? That way, I can just have it in the notes. Uh, the whiteboard software? No, I have Time Doctor. Oh, okay. You literally have a whiteboard. I have an eight, eight, fit, eight okay. feet big whiteboard. Uh, okay. See, yeah. in, the, in the world of digital tech, I was like, yeah, there's a whiteboard app? That sounds amazing. No, no, no. You have to write it down. And, and I have a position in a way so when I turn my chair to get up and get out of the room, I can see everything that has been done or that needs to be done. Nice. Yeah, we actually use uh, the whitey board paint and we put, yeah. it, put it on our walls and yeah, it's super useful. Yep. Um. Is there one thing in, in the WordPress as a whole, big loaded question that you would like to see change, whether it be the software or, or the direction of, of where it's going? Um, I mean, there's quite a few things that are going on within the WordPress community that I would be interested in seeing where it goes. I mean, just the UI change with the new MP6 theme, it, it's interesting to see how that's going. And I'm wondering if you know more things are going to change in that direction and how how are they going to simplify it or the discussion of whether you make the core really light and then you know make dependent pl- dependency plugins and etc so just to see where things go awesome um well say that's been an awesome uh a uh, more formal interview. We're going to jump into the last few segments. And uh, I think you kind of mentioned a lot of them already, but uh, the what's in your toolbox section where we talk about uh, your number one app or piece of hardware that you use on a daily basis to get the job done. 
I'm assuming that's the stuff you kind of just mentioned, Evernote, uh, the actual physical whiteboard, um, and all those other apps. Anything else you're using that folks might not be privy to? Um, if you haven't tr- if you haven't given Time Doctor a try, guys, give it a try. I think you'd love it. TimeDoctor.com. Sweet. Yeah. I, uh, Bill Erickson just mentioned Toggle, which is one I've never tried before, um, and that looked kind of interesting, but I will definitely check this one out. Uh, let's jump into the lightning round, ask you a series of quick questions. You have a series of quick answers. Sure. Uh, the one plugin you cannot live without. Uh, WordPress SEO by Yoast. A favorite WordPress or business book? Uh, Power of Habit is not a WordPress book. Um, a quote that you live or run your business by? Um, go the extra mile to help others. Make money, make friends. Awesome. Uh, what's the longest a pro- uh, client project has ever taken? I'd uh, say, I mean, six, seven months. Oh, it's not that bad. Uh, what's the best career advice you ever received? Learn to learn from others' experience. If you had to switch to another CMS, what would it be? Uh, I would build my own. <laughs> 99% of the folks answer that way. Uh, who should I interview next? Dang, I don't know. Brad Williams? Already did him. Uh, <laughs> Thomas Griffin from Thomas Griffin Media, but I think you already interviewed him as well. Yep, <laughs> you've interviewed a lot of people, you know, that I know. So it's, it took a long time to get me on. Have you have you gotten Matt Mullenweg on the show? I have not. Well, that's the next person you should interview. He is. Um, what's the one question I didn't ask you that I should have? I think you asked me a lot of the questions. Nice. Uh, well, well Sai, it's been an awesome, awesome interview. I think folks are going to take away a ton from this. Uh, where can folks find you on the web to say thanks? You can find me on WPBeginner.com or on Twitter at WPBeginner. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks for doing the show. Yep. Wasn't that an amazing episode with Syed? Just tremendous advice. Uh, The dude does some awesome stuff in the WordPress world and beyond. Uh, So I look forward to seeing all the stuff that's coming down the pipeline. MattReport.com, MattReport.com.